Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man whose dizziness has abated. It's Richard Herring. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, that's, that's what we want. That is what we want. Lovely to see you all. Thank you so much for coming. And uh, lovely to see a full Leicester Square Theatre again. Uh, welcome to Rich Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. Uh, though I was talking to Tony, Mark and David, Anna and Sue Yin from off of the Lost Islands... I'm very keen to try and repopularise this. It's my Pete K moment. Uh, and they call it Rahalastabas. I don't know if that's kind of... Come on, you know. Remember the Lost Islands, don't you, David? Do you remember the song went on? <laughs> You've got to have listened to the uh, Matthew Holness podcast. Go and listen to it afterwards if you haven't. Uh, 
At the end it goes, and David, and, and, no, what is it? It's Tony, Mark, and David, Anna, and Suyin are left here on the island. What will next begin? The adventure lies behind them. Danger is ahead. Can't remember how it goes. Um, just trying to get all of the Lost Island in. I remembered the final verse, but after the show. It's too late to talk about it. Anyway, look, it's great to be here. Um, I, uh, I was... Uh, I've been a bit dizzy. I'm better now. It's all right. So that's good. Uh, but I was on a dog walk yesterday, actually, and um, I went a different route than usual, up by the cricket pitch, you know it, in my village. And uh, there was something I'd never... I've been there loads of times. There was something I'd never seen before, which was there was a plaque on the ground in the middle, just by the cricket pitch. Uh, and uh, it said, This oak tree has been donated by North Hertfordshire District Council to commemorate the birth of His Royal Highness Prince George of Cambridge on the 22nd of July, 2015. Now, the unusual thing about that is there is no oak tree <laughs> near the plaque. The plaque is there, but there's no... Closer, there's a little circular patch of slightly greener grass that might possibly indicate where there was once an oak tree, but... If there ever was an oak tree, it has gone, or it failed to grow from its acorn, and yet no one has even taken the, either taken the plaque away or thought to replace the oak tree with another oak tree. As a result, it's slightly sinister. It's a plaque to a baby for, with a thing that isn't there. Didn't work out, but no one can be asked to do anything about it, which seems a lot worse than just honouring a baby. Uh, Feels like a bad omen for George as well. I don't want to say if anything negative ever happens to George, the baby, uh, I'll be blaming North Hertfordshire County Council. To be, I blame them for most things, mainly my bins not being emptied on time and also my daughter having to go to school in the next village along rather than our village, which has a perfectly decent school. I just thought I'd have a crack at North Hertfordshire <laughs> District Council. 13 siblings in her year, only 15 kids allowed in each class. We live half a mile away, it's ridiculous. Okay, um... <laughs> and if uh, failing to maintain or plant an oak tree is uh, not treasonous, I don't know what is. Uh, what if Prince George one day sees that and wonders where his fucking oak tree is? Yeah, he could be king by then. He could nuclear bomb North Hertfordshire and no one would blame him. <laughs> Personally, I think if they're planting oak trees for one baby, they should do it for all of them. Uh, so I'm glad there is no oak tree because I think my kids should have an oak tree as well. But if you're going to plant an oak tree for a baby, then you have to see things through or at least dig up the plaque showing your obsequious support for an infant that's happened to slide out of the right birth canal. Um, <laughs> but, you know, not since Ozymandias has there been such a potent representation of hubris. Good. Uh, so, welcome to the show. Uh, welcome, of course, to the people uh, who are live streaming at this exact moment at home, watching at home. Isn't that insane? I hope it's working. It worked well last week, so that's a good sign. Uh, let's crack straight on. We've got an amazing guest for you this week, of course. Uh, possibly my favourite ever guest. It's so hard to pick. They're all like children. Uh, he is probably best known for his appearance on Match of the Day 2. <laughs> I literally just looked up five minutes ago because I'd forgotten to do one, and that was the first thing I saw. First. That's why we're all here. Will you please welcome, ladies and gentlemen, the amazing Bob Mortimer! <laughs> Hello. Thank you very much. They're very nice. Very nice audience tonight. How are you, Bob? I'm very well, thank you. Good. It's my first trip up for, you know, since lockdown. Is and it? That. Yeah, so I was a bit nervous about it. 
Coming to... seems to have made me talk a little bit Yorkshire. <laughs> <laughs> Is that one of the side effects? <laughs> Do you can... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it could be. Well, I think, we're, I think we're, all, we're a long distance away from the mob here. Yeah. Bob, so I mean, I am a bit of a spitter. I was a bit worried about that. Oh, yeah. It's all, we can infect them as long as they don't infect us. That I is. mean, that's what you think, isn't it? I yeah. was sat in bed thinking last night, that, that's all right. It's like you're facing a cobra with my spit. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm all right. <laughs> Imagine if you could coil. <laughs> I don't know, Richard. It yeah. feels like it could be, there are a lot of possibilities there. Instantly coil. It would be good, and uncoil, the uncoiling would be the fun part for me. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what to do with it. You could certainly clean um, suspension, co- you, you know. <laughs> yeah. The suspension. You could be used yourself as a, yeah, some kind of circular loofah, for sure. <laughs> but, I mean, there'd be so much more to do with it than that. I think it's that's well, interesting. Think so. it's, that's, would that be your main port of call? Um, what? To clean... To clean coils. Hmm. No, it seems it seems a waste to use a coil to clean a coil. Yeah. You know, do you know what I mean? I That's why I was surprised that was... I would just jump out and surprise people. I suppose so, yeah. I suppose be in a, it... You could be in a basket, a very small basket, <laughs> and then jump out. If you had a granddad who could play, who could play the flute for you or something, <laughs> at a certain note, <laughs> you coil up. I wouldn't yeah. spit. I would never spit. <laughs> Well, that's, I was going to talk to you about uh, I've been reading your absolutely fantastic book. I've read the whole thing, and away. Uh, it's brilliant, and everyone will get it anyway. So there's no need. Yeah, absolutely, but it's, it's brilliant. One of the things I think was a, that very interesting very early on was you were talking about your childhood and the boy in the, in the changing rooms who could... Uh, retract all. Yeah, retract his... <laughs> yes, it's absolutely true. <laughs> a fr- um, um, not really a friend, but someone said, I come here, mate. See what's in the shower room? Yeah. He said, come and watch this. And I was a little, little lad. What would we be, about 12 or 13? And we watched him. We're all starkers. And he, like, concentrated like that. And his penis retracted. <laughs> into, so that there was just, like, an extra belly button. Yeah. I mean, that was amazing. I mean, that's just... But I think with that skill, if that... If that, what would you do? It seems a shame. To, a, I thought like it's very bold of that kid to reveal that to other kids. It yeah, was oh. a moment you had to think: Am I going to let them know? Will they? Will they admire me or will they mock me? They have to think about that. You know, that could be it for yeah. life. It's a big call. To, it is. Yeah, it's a big call to decide: Am I going to do but this? But if for you, you could retract it, yeah, you'd want people to know, would you? I would, but <laughs> what would you? I wouldn't. I, you know, where is he now, and why is he not? Why is this not an act that he's? If he want, if he's out there. You're welcome to be a guest on the show. <laughs> I'm just, we can spend an hour just retracting and, un, and presumably well, you'd never, unretracting. Would you ever tire of it? I wouldn't. I don't... It might be just something that a child can do and then yeah. once, you've, once you've got to adulthood. Oh, a bit like the singers when they lose their voice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah. But yeah, retracto. Where, where, you know, if you threaten him, he will, he will form a cranny. <laughs> something, something like that. But... You're two useless powers. Well, I can coil up and I can retract. <laughs> and they'll just shoot you. Yeah. That's good. Um, I knew the book was going to be good straight away. The thing that got... It's obviously... It's, uh, it's based around... We last had you on the show in 2015. 2015 in, the, in, yeah. in about July, I think. And, right. and, 
later that year, you were to have this uh, medical emergency where you... Yeah. You ended up having to have a triple heart bypass. Triple heart bypass. That sounds yeah. really bad. It does. I, I, I've subsequently found out that, you sh- that, if you want, that the real men have a quad. Right. <laughs> it's funny that there are, you know, there's grades of it. I'm in the zipper club. We're all in the zipper club because you have that scar yeah. down there. But, um, yeah, you find with a lot of people, like, message me now and email me saying they're going to have it. Is it, you know, or I've had it and it was fine and so on and so forth. But um, the pride of it, it turned out mine was a capitals quad. <laughs> you know, they, yeah. But I was a triple. Um, yeah, they, they said, I, I remember my surgeon said to me, um, I was very near a tour, Richard, when I, I had to cancel it to yeah. have the operation. And he said I would have dropped, um, prob- maybe probably dropped at Southampton. At the right. Mayflower. <laughs> at the Mayflower. Do you know that theatre? I don't really know the Mayflower. But I don't I think you it. choose it as... No, the place to go. <laughs> that, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I shall drop at the Royal Opera House. Yeah. But no, Southampton Mayflower. Because no, like... Eric Morecambe went in Tewkesbury, uh, I think, wasn't it? Was that right? I, I've, play, I've played the venue, played, but so few people came to see me that I ended up playing the bar, is all I remember. <laughs> <laughs> do, they, do they mark it in any way? I, mean, I think what? there's a. I think the dressing room is named after. It. Maybe you can name the theatre. They should name the theatre after Eric yeah. Morecambe. If you've died there, that should be automatic, shouldn't it? It's funny getting old, isn't it? Because yeah. like when you think of, I, I think it would be the same for you. Like Eric Morecambe, that's a giant, isn't it? Yeah, an absolute giant. But I can already feel his. Now I'm. I'm not going to feel his memory fading. Yeah. So it's a bit sad, isn't it? It is, but he's lasted longer than a lot. You know, there's really famous people from who would be his contemporaries. Who are, that, that? But that's show business, isn't it? Show business. Well, you yeah. can be a huge star and then just completely yeah. forgotten within ten, fifteen years. Yeah. So you know, I don't think it happens so quickly to footballers, for example. No. Um. Maybe, yeah. But the younger generation, so they, but then they are very much a footballer's a certain t- period of time. So your dad yeah. might go, oh, there was this great footballer 20 years ago, but you wouldn't know him yourself. So Did your dad used to make you watch comics who weren't funny? <laughs> <laughs> or didn't it, seem to be? They, my dad wasn't very interested in comedy, so yeah. What was he interested in? Um, mathematics. That's, I'm not laughing at maths. I know how important it is, but I mean, he's a... still he's still with us. Luckily, uh, he's um, yeah. But he was very. He was. I remember because I would, but I'd get book tokens and I'd buy Charlie Brown books, and my dad was really disappointed with that because he wanted yeah. me to buy a proper book. Yeah. But as it turns out, that was what I was interested. In. You know, I knew at that stage that yeah. I wanted to do comedy. So they didn't dissuade me, but they didn't... Oh, shit, Richard, you knew really early. Yeah, I think, well, I knew I was really interested in comedy oh, really early on. Yeah, so, and, and I really liked people who made me laugh, and I, didn't think I, was, I don't think I was thinking, oh, I'm going to be a comedian. I wanted to be a clown when I was, like, five right. or six. You know? So I was, I was aware that you, I, I loved making people laugh, yeah. And I, even when they just laughed at something where I was making a mistake, I still loved it. You still the, liked that feeling. Yeah, and so, yeah. you know, I think... I was gravitating towards that. Yeah. So yeah. What would you have been called as a clown? Because <laughs> it's an inf- you can be any. I, I think I'd have been Cracker Barrel. <laughs> He'd be fun, wouldn't he? <laughs> I don't even know what I mean. I could, that's I just remember seeing clowns at a circus. I remember being at a circus and being. I think I was scared of the clowns, which yeah. I know is a thing, isn't it? And I, I, my main memory of the circus is walking around the tent with. Someone else, or one of my family, I can't yeah. remember who it was, because I was too scared to be in there and pass in a cage with a tiger in it. Was so this I, in Middlesbrough, Richard? Uh, it wouldn't have been in Middlesbrough. No. It would have been in, the, in Yorkshire. In Yorkshire. 
Um, and Billy Smarts or something. Yeah, it would have been yeah. something like that. But that's my only... I don't remember anything else that went on inside the, the, the big top. And I remember walking around the edge because I was too scared. I was yeah. a very scared... I was a very nervous but child. But that fear sort of enticed you in a way. Maybe it did, yeah. weird, isn't it? Yeah. I'm drawn to fire. I've burnt two buildings. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing, isn't it? <laughs> What's the second one? So you burnt down your house... We talked about this last time with fireworks. Yeah. And what was the other time? Sorry, you... it was. I've made that mistake because my son said to me last night, "You've been, you've been involved in two major fires." Oh, okay. So sorry, I burnt my house down, yeah. my um, family home. But uh, if you, have you read in the book where I came home to the homeless hostel and it was gone? Oh uh, yes, of yeah. course. Yeah, of so, course you have. Yeah. Southampton Way, Peckham. Yeah. It's funny that, isn't it? Like um, I lived in a homeless hostel. I was on telly doing Big Night Out, yeah, and um, got a request from Lloyd Grossman's mob right. to do, what was that called, Behind the Keel? Yes. And it was fucking homeless hostel. <laughs> <laughs> homeless hostel in Peckham. <laughs> we was tempted. <laughs> you know, who lives here? <laughs> but, but what oh, would they, who would they have guessed? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's great. Well, it was, I mean, with, with the book covers it brilliantly, but um, it is sort of astonishing. I mean, what, what I love about the book is within it, there's like four or five points where if, if something else had happened... Oh, I'm so sorry, Richard. Yeah. But this could be, and it's yours to have if you think there's anything in it. Yeah. Forget the who lives here. What about who is the landlord? Yeah. You get three landlords lined up and show three different properties. <laughs> that would be a decent be show. Good, yeah. So, and I do apologise. Right. Honestly, if you have any ideas for shows, just let me. The thing you can get, anything, you can get that commission tomorrow. You just go in and you'll get that commission. Uh, there's all these points where, and and what's the, I think the, and we're just talking before, and I think the, the sort of seminal point of your life, the changing point in your life, was when you're living in in one of these. Was it the same place? It was in the hostel. Yeah, yeah the hostel, hostel. Yeah. And you, your girlfriend had moved in, and you. You know, you were, it sort of wasn't going great, but you came home. You came home to surprise her one lunchtime. Yes. She was having sex with somebody else in yes. your bed. She was um, having um, having it off, as yeah. it were, yeah. with um, a, a combination farmer stroke hell's angel, <laughs> a really unusual looking unit, but very efficient. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had a little. BHS suit on <laughs> and a plastic oh fuck man I thought yeah you're quite right <laughs> <laughs> but yes that was the moment my life changed yeah. in many ways yeah and so often like a negative thing or a big choice and you know you would you'd chuck your girlfriend out unsurprisingly and were, and were depressed and an, an, an old school friend from Middlesbrough got in touch yeah. out of nowhere and yeah. invited you to go to to see yeah, the big someone line. I would never have um, have gone out with. Yeah, um, who had got my uh, um, address off my mum back home, but in those uh, I didn't know a soul in London, and the girlfriend had gone. So I thought, oh yeah, fuck, I'll go to this yeah. Dick Reeves big night out. And if so. that hadn't, so if you hadn't had that terrible thing happen, that yeah. awful thing happen, and if you hadn't decided to go that night, which you nearly didn't, then that, that's. Well, I think pro- it, one it? chance was I would have been so inspired by the Hells Angel farmer <laughs> <laughs> that I would have maybe started my own range of agricultural equipment <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was single-seater with handlebars. 
But no, it's funny, you know, like writing a, a, a book like that, you do, you, yeah. you'd start to see the, the patterns yeah. and then find out that there usually isn't one. It's just that chance, you know. That, but it is just like, I mean, um, it literally is sliding doors in the sense that that is one of the things that happens in sliding doors. <laughs> it is that it she comes home and finds it fucking someone else and their life changes. Uh, but, yeah, but there's also, you, you, there's an extraordinary thing where you've got two university places and you haven't decided which one to go to. Yeah. And you're driving down to heading down towards either Leicester or Cambridge and yeah. you make your decision... Which university you're going to go to on the motorway? Yeah, it's but it was so difficult. If you when you're reading the book, like my, my mum was so important to yeah. me, and it would have meant so much to her if I'd gone to Cambridge. But there was not a drop of me wanted to go. I wanted no. to go to Leicester to do this welfare law um, degree. I just couldn't tell her. So that's why that happened. I yeah. couldn't tell her to her face that I was on the way to Leicester. So. So you sort of knew, but you hadn't yeah. turned down the, the Cambridge might no. still be waiting for you to turn up. <laughs> there might be a room there. <laughs> so that you know, but again, I think if you'd if you'd got to Cambridge, that's that's such a difference. Mean, you know, your life is so different anyway. When yeah. you make those decisions, yeah. I mean, I think you know, anyone who gets to my age will be able to. If they did that exercise, they'll find out. Oh fuck, that was the that's the key point. That was a key, and yeah. Know, just meeting your partner is always an extraordinarily bit of chance, isn't it? It is, yeah. Extraordinary. But, um, you know, but it sort of it makes you wonder how many Bob Mortimer quality comedians are out there in the world who don't happen to go well, into It's true, the it's same true night. because certainly when I was um, <clears throat> 30 and dealing with the, the broadcasters then, Richard, like, um, yeah, there, were, there could have been a thousand, but um, how you got seen, yeah. it, um, how you could have penetrated that building, at, you know, it's different now. Yeah. I know you're a little bit passionate about, you know, why bother with... I have seen tweets with you. Am I saying yeah. the right thing? Yeah, yeah. You, you, there's different ways now, isn't there, which are... I think that, you know, there's more sort of democracy to it in, in, a, in yeah. a sense. Yeah, Because things are so easy to... Now it's easy to make stuff. Yeah. Like, and the equipment isn't too expensive. You can borrow it or nick it. And, <laughs> and yeah. you can, you've got a chance of making your own thing without someone interfering and telling you what to do. But... I mean, your, all your stuff, it feels like no one... You were left to do what you wanted to do. And, yeah. and you t- uh, what I love about the book is just saying, well, the way we do it is we, you know, we, we don't want to tell you what's going to happen in the show. We'll just do the show and you can move the cameras around, yeah. get enough cameras to cover it. That, that's... It's a st- no one would ever talk to people in TV like that unless they were just coming from... Because you would think, oh, I've got to do... I've got to fit in and yeah, do... We just but didn't... you just did your own thing and they let, they've always let you do your own yeah, thing. Yeah, well, we didn't know the rules when we started because yeah. I think we'd only maybe been in comedy 16 weeks. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> no, it's true. It's amazing. It was... I mean, that's why you're living in a home... This, the, the, I can't think of anybody who has walked... You know, from going to see a comedy show <laughs> to being on TV in such a short period yeah. of time because you were you were on the Jonathan Ross's shows as a sort yeah, of characters the first thing yeah yeah within weeks i mean i don't know uh, um, if you had walked into that room and seen vic reeves like i did yeah i think it all makes sense then yeah he was extraordinary he is a one off vision you know he's yeah. a, a total one off so if you'd been there yeah it makes sense of but course. also what i don't think you say in the book because you're incredibly modest, and and, and you'll if you love Bob now, which I know you do, you'll read the book and you'll love him even more because you you've, you've 
you find out what a decent person you are, but also uh, the struggles you've been through as well. But he must have looked at you. It's not just you're a bloke, oh, you present this check in this sketch. Maybe it was to begin with, but he saw something in you. He realised equally that you were something incredibly special. And it is the two of you coming together. However well-formed he was at that point, is what's made this endure and work is your two personalities. Yeah, no, I don't underestimate me, me role, Rich. I yeah. never mean it to be like that. It's just that you, you kind of have had to have seen him. He probably did need someone to pick out the best bits, tell yeah. him this, tell him that. But I think I say in the book, I suppose I was just like an amateur producer at the moment because I was a solicitor at the time. Yeah, This wasn't um, a career move or anything. This was just uh, this one night I had in my life that where there was some pleasure this Thursday night down at a pub in New Cross. Yeah. Um, performing in a room at the back. Um, made everything else worthwhile. It was that, that was the end game. We didn't perform anywhere else. No. You know, we weren't on the comedy circuit or anything, but... Um, yeah. But I think in that sense, it is like what, you know, that's why you were sort of, because you were detached from everything, and, you know, it was sort of like the, the internet before the internet. You were doing your own insane stuff and making and what i love is you're saying that you didn't care if something worked or didn't work and and Vic yeah. reeves didn't care if people were talking during a set he would they usually wouldn't but if they did he would just get on with it yeah and and that's that's how you've got it that's how you make your own thing that's how you create your own thing and then tv companies fighting over you to to get you on tv and yeah, allowing and allowing you to just get on with it which it doesn't really happen yeah. so much anymore but the, the likes of um Vic, someone who's got an idea that's out of out of the blue. Yeah. Does paradigm fit here or not, Richard? Uh, I don't really know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it was gobsmacking. Yeah, I know, no. but of course television companies were going to say, what the fuck, what's this? Yeah. We, you know, like, of course they were. But um, people like him are rare, you know. Yeah, yeah. They're really well, rare. Not I, just... don't know that, I don't know if there's been one since, Jim. Don't know. There might be, but I've... I think people come along, but it's that, you know, it did capture, it completely captured the, the I mean, I think, like, the young ones captured the, the comedy of that generation. I think, yeah, I think yeah. Vic and Bob and, all the, and everything you did together um, sort of captured that mood, and people were, you know, were ready for it, but not, it wasn't like... Often that when something's a big success, there's been a couple of things that have come before that have got people used to it that haven't been as successful. I don't think there was with yeah. this. I think this right. was the, the original article coming in and yeah. maybe Viz a little bit, but it wasn't really... Viz for sure, yeah. But it, yeah. Was, but it wasn't really the same. It wasn't the same sort of thing, but there was, a, there was that, I suppose, the element of yeah. showbiz and the yeah. northeast <laughs> as far as you can go. Yeah. But uh, no, it's. I knew the book was going to be great, and the thing I, that really made me laugh the the most in the book was you going to your GPs uh, very early, your GP very early on uh, when you were getting diagnosed and uh, and being obsessed with his sink. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Doctor Longbottom. <laughs> well, there's that as well. <laughs> but this bit about the sink, I just thought this is. And that's again, I think, where your there's a very low sink in the GP's very room. Very low. I think probably this high. Yeah. And your eye's drawn to it. You yeah. know, he, he's got computers, <laughs> digital equipment and that, but there's a fucking low thing. <laughs> and that's what's wrong. And he's a lovely man. Yeah. And he won't tell me. Yeah. That's he, what I like about it. I like him not telling you. I like <laughs> you really wanting to know. He won't tell me that. And he, uh, and he plays the bass guitar. 
That's all I know about <laughs> my doctor. And it's interesting, you don't know much about your doctors, do no. you? No. So it was really interesting. I, I went home and said to the wife, "He said, you know, Doctor Bow plays the bass guitar," and it felt like special info. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know nothing about them? No, do you? it's true. Do you think he has a low sink to distract people away? Because it's you know you're going in with quite a serious issue, and you're thinking about a sink <laughs> rather than about whether your heart's going to be beating in two months' time. <laughs> uh, maybe that's his. That's maybe that's his ploy. You maybe. know they say that thing as soon as you go to the doctor, you're not ill. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the case. You walk in, you see sink. I can't remember where I came. To. <laughs> what? That's a very low sink. And he gives you some aspirin. And, uh, did you used to get the linctus when you were young? God, I'm getting all observer. You know, like, no. Do you remember? Do you remember the linctus? It was oh, yes, g- yes, yeah, yeah. They'd give it to children so yeah. they thought that something was, they were important. Yeah, something yeah. was being done. Tasted like black currants or something. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. Did, you, did you know that if you sneeze and fart at the same time you take a screenshot of yourself <laughs> lol <laughs> LAPD looking at Pat's dancing Oh dear, uh, very good. I might have found myself in a unique situation where it would be useful to coil. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad you're all okay then, so everything's... It's been, again, but the, 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 the triple bypass has turned out to be like a... You've taken it in a, in a positive way and it's, and yeah. it's made... And I've been through as... Uh, you're the first guest I've had who actually beats me in... Uh, in surgery chess, which I'm annoyed, or top trumps, which I'm annoyed about. Uh, Jay Rayner had had some kind of hip replacement. He goes, oh, I go, fuck off. I've had a, I've had a ball off, come on. Uh, but uh, it's a pretty, pretty full on thing. And, I, and reading the book, uh, you know, I went through similar feelings about as you realise your own mortality. And, yeah. uh, and it's sort of, and getting through it as well is. is a, it, it's you, quite a gift, actually, Richard, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it is. It yeah. is a gift in a way to you know. Like I mean, I know it's really obvious, but yeah, when you've had that little brush, even if it's a bit you know not real, but it's yeah. real to you, it does concentrate the mind and make you realise what's important. Yeah. What's important at the moment to me is my. Um, I've started rambling. You know, walking. Okay. And I would never have done that without it because you've got to keep a bit fit. Yeah. And there's you can buy badges for your walking stick. Enough, so I'm going to cover it. <laughs> but that, yeah. Badges that's of places you've been to or of achievements? Well, if, I think you were meant to have walked this area, but I've, I've driven through the M6, so that, <laughs> that gives me Cumbria <laughs> and some others. Okay. But I only mean that, that sounds silly, but like, yeah, in a way your world shrinks and you do appreciate that you yeah. can get badges for a walking stick. <laughs> Or your favourite cop. Yeah. That was the one that hit me, Richard. When I got back and um, this, like the severity of the diagnosis hit me, I noticed for the first time things like my little tea towel that had been with me a long time. Or the egg cup. Yeah. That I think maybe I actually goes right back to my childhood home. God, they made me weep. Yeah. You know, and um, 
that's not a bad lesson to have if you if you get away with it. Yeah, you know. Did you feel? And I did. I cried once after my just as I got my the the, the phone call saying there was something in in there. Uh, but I feel like it was it's because my son was laughing in the next room, and I was you know I started thinking about the future without me being in the in the picture. But it was very quickly my own self-indulgence rather than worrying about him it was like oh he won't remember i put in all this fucking work and he won't remember <laughs> he's not gonna remember who i am yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be nothing there'll be some other bloke in here he'll be his dad yeah he's spending <laughs> he'll be spending my money that i've earned <laughs> and did did you picture that man and was he gorgeous <laughs> like a sea captain definitely would be <laughs> Polo neck. <laughs> <laughs> you almost fancied him yourself. Yeah, kind of absolutely. Thing, yeah. And I can't blame him. Uh, so you know, there's you, you sort of feel sorry for yourself as well, obviously, because it's you know it's a weird yeah. it's a weird thing. But it is. But it's a it's a, a, so many positives for me have come out of you know my very mine's a really is a minor brush, I think, and you know the, reading of what happened to you and everything you had to go through and the severity of it. Uh, it, it's much, much more so. But it, the, the positives that come out, of, and, and the positives that have come out for you, which is obviously uh, Paul Whitehouse, yeah, doing the pick, well, picking you out of the depression. You know, you were a little bit depressed after, it was a bit lethargic, maybe afterwards, and, and yeah. he took you out. I and, think it's not like clinical depression, but you, you um, it's a, quite a big op, and you have got this big slit down your chest. You like, you feel very vulnerable, and it only three months of sitting on a sofa can so quickly become six yeah. and become, you know, like, you just feel safe there. There's a phone, your wife's there to look after you, you know. And it, it was Paul who insisted, no, you have to get out. Because he, he's had heart problems. Yeah. He knew that that was one of the first little tiny steps, was just get out. So, yeah, that was... Did you keep your ball? Well... <laughs> I really wish I'd. Uh, I, the, my absolutely. For, that was, when I went for the thing, she said, "We're going to have to. You're going to have to take it off." I absolutely. I wanted to say, "Can I keep it?" Yeah. She have got any questions? Uh, can I have it? Because I thought it's a good price for Taskmaster. Was my actual, wasn't it? <laughs> my initial f- feeling about it, but and I didn't. I you felt didn't, I didn't yeah. ask, and I wish I'd. I wish I'd asked her, but I don't think. I think you. If you've got religious reasons that you have to be buried with all your bits, you can have it. You can have it back. <laughs> But I think otherwise you can't have it back. Because it's one of those things that unravels and is a mile long or something, <laughs> isn't it? No, it is one of the... Yeah. Well, it's a shame. It's, coi- it's very coiled. It is a, so, it's a coil. <laughs> it's a part of you that's very coiled. I mean, up. the terrible thought is, is they probably just put it in the bin. Yeah. I like to think this in a sort of celebrity section museum of the... <laughs> and this is the testicle. Um, Robin Asquith, who was on recently, he'd had, he'd had something taken off at the same an appendix or something I can't remember right. what it was at the same place so you know right. they, they could have a little celebrity section of bits they've taken <laughs> off of music you know I'd pay to go and see that wouldn't you You'd I'd, pay, I'd, I'd, I'd pay, pay to go and see famous um, testes yeah not just testes but you know there would be a few testes in there yeah I would it's yeah. like if, it, if what it would be that thing's like if there was a booth with a curtain just a simple curtain <laughs> and it said Elvis's testicle in here yeah 20 pence yeah. And it wouldn't be, but you'd have to open that curtain, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be worth 20p. The thing I liked about the, the, the thing the nurse said to you about after you'd had... So when you have this triple bypass, they stop your heart for quite a while. They have to stop your heart. Yeah, my heart was stopped for 30... They, they, they inject it with the, the stuff they use to, um, on death row. It's potassium or something. Right. 
um, to stop it because they can't sew it when it's bouncing. Yep, bouncing so it's 32 minutes it was stopped. Yeah. Um, and she, the quote was, nobody's the same after another human being has physically touched their heart. Th- yeah, that's what she said, and that's how I felt at the time. Right. But no longer. No longer? No. <laughs> now my thoughts are much more of ambrosia cream dries. <laughs> do you know all the good stuff? Hot dog sausages. How do you know the surgeon wasn't like a big rambler and that he's he touched was. your heart and that's what... <laughs> no, that is a thought. It could be that. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I love TV. I love watching TV. You, Richard? I do, yeah, I do. Do you watch a lot? I do, kids, I do but... watch a lot of TV, yeah. I mean, I do watch quite a lot of kids' TV, but we, that's, what, that's our evening, yeah. Although it's all Netflix or whatever. Do you watch Real Housewives? No. <laughs> Anyone watch Real Housewives? It's just the best, isn't it? Are you watching Erica at the moment? He's doing Beverly Hills. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Try Potomac. Better, better than you might think. And the salt, sorry. It's all right, no. It's... No, but... It's all life is there, Richard. Yeah. Shakespearean, really. Yeah. The people, do you know, would you, what do you think of this, Richard? Like, I've gone through, you're the same, 20, is it 20, 30 years of TV yeah. and executives and meetings and all that stuff. Yeah. Do, do you think there's many of those people you meet that actually watch telly? <laughs> I don't. I think you're absolutely right. I think, there's a, what, I think the older you get, the more you really spot the chances yeah. amongst them. And like that, the thing I was working on, which I was talking to you backstage, all the production staff... <laughs> Just complete chance. They'd have no idea. You'd tell them, you'd say, well, whatever the host said, they would laugh at. And then you'd go, yeah, that's not funny. They'd go, oh, okay. They didn't, they didn't know what was funny and what wasn't yeah. funny. And, uh, yeah, and you spot that a lot. And there's very rare people. See, Richard Osman, who I'm a massive fan of, yeah, yeah. he loves television. He absolutely yeah. adores television. He loves populist television. He loves, you know, he lo- loves non-populist television as well. But he's, very, he, he's not ashamed by the idea yeah. of creating something that would be popular. <laughs> It's weird, <laughs> to lots it? of people, which I feel like a it's lot a of people. Weird snobbery. Yeah. It's weird like snobbery. Um, I didn't. I, I had a son. I've got two sons, not two daughters. But have you seen the show Teen Mom? No. Um, if I had daughters, I would consider it the most essential 
Okay. You and they should watch. But if I say to TV execs, I say, I'll watch you. Have you seen Teen Mom or uh, Below Deck or Real Housewives? Yeah. And they laugh. <laughs> but that's their, that's their business. They're weird. Yeah. I've always found it. It is strange. But you're, you're, in a, you mean, you're in this nice position where, I mean, you and Paul have this idea for a show and you're passionate about it and it's a, it's a great idea. Yeah. But you go in and someone goes, yeah, okay, go on, go on. And that, that, doesn't, is, that doesn't happen much to people. But, like, it is such a beautiful show, The Gone Fishing. It's, it's, I just watched the, the, uh, the first two of the new series today and it's, it's, you know, it's gentle but in a lovely way, but it's also you guys talking about stuff that... Uh, that men often don't talk about and you know and to to put that in a in a again in a popular show which is look at the beautiful scenery look at the fun fish but you can do great stuff with that yeah. with that format it's yeah well we didn't know that richard it's no. like it's just it, that is just by chance yeah. it's like um we asked when we um i shouldn't think anyone here has even seen gone fishing so but <laughs> <laughs> but but it's like we we said we don't want a voiceover yeah and the, that's, that's a good tactic in two ways. One, it means there's no voiceover, so it would be a better show. And, <laughs> and, but, and two, it means that a TV exec will go, hmm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no voiceover, right? And they think that, you know, you know that sort of thing. I do, but that, now you've said it, I really want a sarcastic man to voice over Godfish. <laughs> and, oh, Bob and Paul, I think they're clever. They've gone here. And it would absolutely ruin it. You're be more brilliant. than welcome to do it. I'd like to do it. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a very vulnerable show, you know. Yeah. It just sits on that thin line between indulgence or sentimentality and not it's a... Yeah, but it's again, if you, but it's, I mean, uh, Barry Cryer was a guest last week, and I think all these things hinge around whether you like the people involved in them. And the thing, everyone, <laughs> it'd be very hard not to love you and Paul together. It's an incredible, uh, two of the nicest people in the world. But it's just such a, you know, there's the, the relationship is real, and the, and the banter is real. And so yeah. some of it, when it's corny, it's funny, and when it's funny, it's funny. So it, you, you absolutely can't lose. But also, I think, just, it's just that's important that to see two men talking about stuff, you know. Yeah, we didn't we didn't mean to, uh, we didn't mean to, and it, and it was. It's, I mean, it goes back to the heart thing, you know. So when you're fishing, we're there for eight hours. So for an hour, we're doing the man, the banter, they make each other laugh, yeah. type of thing. But then four or five hours in, you know, that the gentle, the environment, and the river, and that. So suddenly, you feel a bit comfortable. So how was your heart, Paul? How was it getting on? Didn't think that would be used, <laughs> right. but they sprinkled a bit of it in the first series, and yeah. lo and behold, that, that seems to be part of the equation, really. Yeah. But the the big success of it is, um, it's interesting once you start analysing TV that that the public wouldn't re- the public that sounds bad, but that you wouldn't quite realise is we are it, we just go and sit and fish for six hours, so you have a film crew. A, a percentage of which has nothing to do <laughs> so they go and film beautiful shots of you know it's not just a b-roll we we are spending hours doing that stuff yeah yeah so it is a rather pretty show as well you know well, but it's, it's just by chance there's an thing. amazing shot of you which i you know you sort of thinking how long did this shot set set up and maybe wasn't set, didn't take any time at all but where you spot a rainbow and then the camera has you two both cycling past the rainbow and the camera zooms in on the rainbow it's absolutely astonishing yeah. photography. Yeah. It's beautiful. I don't know how long it took you to do it or whether you had to retake I that think loads it of just, times. I think it just, just happened. happened. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, you go to these beautiful places, and it's a good lesson in life. Go towards beauty and good things. <laughs> good things will happen. I'll tell another joke. <laughs> I, have, I have a joke, but... Uh, good, old, old jokes, it says like on the front. I love a joke. I love a good joke. I love to be surprised by a joke. Your last joke was absolutely excellent. Oh, did you like that? I one? did, absolutely excellent. Do you like... Um, <laughs> I put so much petrol in my car the other day, I couldn't get in it. <laughs> I, I usually tell these like Peter Beardsley, you know. <laughs> this was a tricky one. Not many people like this one. Okay. Is, I see eggs are going up again. That will surprise a few chickens. <laughs> I'll stop there, sorry. <laughs> oh, dear. Um... Uh, the, the other, the amazing story from the book that I hadn't heard before, and you don't have to tell all the stories from the book, so you don't need to tell it again if you don't want to, but you can, uh, is that you were there when Jarvis Cocker um, mooned yeah. Michael Jackson and were heavily involved in this. But I, I, I mean, I, the reason I was involved was kind of because I wasn't there. In the, um, the God, the Brits, it's a dull old thing, that. Yeah. And so I was around the back with um, Anth from Pulp. Okay. Makes me sound part of the scene, doesn't it? It does. But, and I was in the same um, porter cabin dressing room as Jarvis. And Ant came... This is quite a long story, Sean. Yeah, it is. No, good. And Ant came... Um, I'll keep it short. Ant came and said, um, Michael Jackson's people have arrested Jarvis. Which, of course, they can't. <laughs> <laughs> and arrest can only be affected uh, by the police or a citizen in very restricted <laughs> circumstances. So, and I was pissed. And it, right, throughout my career as a solicitor, I was so much better when I was drunk. It's very intimidating. <laughs> no, police stations is very, very intimidating. And um, I used to have like a, um, what were they called? It's before phones, a buzzer? Oh, uh, yeah, about uh, a page. I used to have a pager thing. And so I'd be in the pub, oh, fuck, I've got to go to Campbell Police Station. <laughs> and if I'd had a few, I was good, I want to see my client. Yeah, in a couple of hours. No, now. <laughs> and um, anyway, so I was, a bit, I, w I was a bit drunk. So I went up to... Uh, I mean, it really was like men and... You know, there, there, was, there was black suits right. all surrounding this portal cabin. I said, I want to see um, me mate. I, need no, I could have kept it short by not saying that bit. <laughs> so I apologise for okay. that. Um, but I, I wasn't allowed to. But eventually there was a lovely female WPC who I said, look, and I said, I'm Jarvis's solicitor. <laughs> I'm a solicitor and I'd like to see um, Jarvis. And she got me through in to see Jarvis after a lot of palaver. Um, I had no idea what had gone on. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I thought the worst maybe is that a fight, maybe there's something, I don't know. And uh, so I got in there and said, Jarvis, and he was sat on this little sofa. I said, Jarvis, <laughs> what is going on? He says, I showed me bottom to Michael Jackson. What have you done, Jarvis? I showed me bottom. <laughs> oh, fuck. But, uh, yeah, but they were very, very serious. It all was a bit unpleasant. Yeah. And the police were lovely, and we agreed at the end that they said, can we arrest him? 
but you come along with him. We'll just go to the station and just book him out. We just yeah. need to get him away from these. Um, I mean, it's, it's these people. quite scary that they were they weren't letting, and even the police they weren't really. The police letting. were a bit frightened of them. Yeah, they? yeah. They had like a spokesman, um, you know, like American. Yeah. And that was, I mean, because of the movies, that's quite intimidating. Yeah, yeah, it? yeah. It's not so in- intimidating if it's a, um, someone from Malta. <laughs> <laughs> but what I love about it is still, you still feel, and maybe this be- is because of, I mean, it's because you're a nice person, but also the, the way you got into show business, it still feels like all your encounters with showbiz people are still like what, <laughs> what a regular person would do if they were thrown into these weird situations. Yeah. Uh, and you talk about in the... I mean, I used to do this a bit when you when you meet people at parties and stuff, and you talk about you thinking you're a wank and you've said the wrong thing. But everything. Yeah. So you talked to Sinead O'Connor early on. Yeah. And what did you say to her, Bob? I, well, we were almost queuing up to try and say, Sinead was in in the flesh and that, like at that nothing compares to you, time. She was in the flesh, extraordinary looking woman. Sure. And every sort of every fella, and we're at Paramount City. Okay. That, oh, yeah. Around there. We're almost queuing as Jules Holland and Jonathan Ross and everyone queuing up to talk to try and talk to her. <laughs> and when it became to my t- when it came to my turn, I said, "Have you got a local shop that's convenient to you?" She <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't trying to be glib or anything. It's just fuck. It's so good though. That's so much. It's so much better than anything. But I would. I would. Do, there was. We met. Um, uh, the Manic Street Preachers at something, and uh, we, James, uh, uh, James, James Dean Bradford, isn't it? Is, is that his name? Yeah, the lead singer. And he's quite serious. Yeah. And I went up to him and said, you know that song you've got, Kevin Carter, which is about the, the photographer who took all the pictures of the famines and stuff. I said, do you think that would have been better if you'd made it about Kevin Costner? <laughs> would it might, that might have been a bit more commercially successful. <laughs> and he just, he just looked at me. He was really cross and just looked... Yeah, it's funny. Uh, but, like, it's, you know, I would do that all the time. It used to really annoy Stu because he was wanting to be cool all the time and right. I would always just right. try... I can remember m- making Mark Lamar go up to um, <laughs> Brad Pitt and ask Brad Pitt, Brad, how many murders were there in the film Seven? <laughs> <laughs> and he was lovely about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it's and the, the there's you talk to a cellist and ask her she's an amazing cellist and ask her if you would you, if you I asked her yeah so something like if um, did you bring are you going home in a van or something <laughs> like is it, no uh, but those little things Sinead O'Connor very kindly sent me a little video saying uh, which you know these things play on your mind yeah she did send me a little video saying but I have absolutely no memory of it <laughs> whatsoever don't worry. About. But also, you, she should feel bad for not going, I'm, I'm going to marry this guy. The guy who asked me about the local shop, this is the guy I should be with the rest of my life. Uh, it's, you know, but it's, it's, it's also that, just that sense of fun. And, you know, you get, there's so many hijinks and weird situations you find yourself in in this book. And, it's, and, and I'm sure it's only, you've only touched the surface of the of Yeah, what, I mean, what, it, it was doing that, t- t- the show Would I Lie to You? Because they're, they're very ordinary little stories, really. Um, but pe- no, but people, people, they are, but people have enjoyed them, so that yeah. was what made me write the book, to be honest. Yeah. I thought, well, if that's all people want. 
but you say in the book there's some things that are there, are there things that are lies in the book because you yes, don't I've reveal... got two chapters in the book yeah. where you have to work out where the, which yeah. are the lies but so. you don't tell us which ones are the lies no did you what did you think of the the first lie section <sighs> I couldn't think I mean not. I thought that the horse one the horse in the house is so ridiculous that I couldn't believe that one right and the second section there was something that just didn't I can't remember what it was now there was one I was yeah well I don't want to spoil the fun okay. for everyone yeah, else right. either but, I'm not telling you. Oh, no, good. <laughs> there was the second one. I think I might have got the second one, but only because it wasn't... Only because I just think that you, you can't have made up the horse in the house. I, I, it's so <laughs> difficult. That's why I feel sorry for David Mitchell, because it's absolutely impossible to judge. It's, it's absolutely genius when it happens. But if, uh, you had, if you had the local witch's house... We've all got one, haven't we? You know, in the, from the past. Wouldn't you creep round the back with your? Well, I didn't. And... I was scared. There was a local. Uh, it was. Uh, I mean, it's a very sad story. It was a guy, later became good friends of the family. There was a guy who had alopecia or something, so he looked very strange yeah. to a child who was very upset, and he lost his wife in a in a, a plane crash. So he was devastated. Obviously, this guy, and he lived in this dark house with just trees in the garden. Mm. Just the whole garden. It wasn't a big garden, but just these massive trees mm. and this very frightening house. And I just ran every time I walked I past it when I walked to school and I would have to run past the house. Yeah. So I would never have but dared. No go part of you with your mates later on said, let's penetrate that. No, let's go in and see if there's a horse in there. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why I find it difficult to believe because I was absolutely, uh, absolutely terrified about the whole thing. Um, let me ask you some, let me ask you some uh, would you rather emergency questions, seeing I've got them here. My new book, which I reckon is going to do as well as yours. I think, I think it's going to be a very close tussle at the top of the... I was going to bring you a book tonight, Richard, because yeah. I've always been a fan of yours, but then I thought it felt a bit weird, <laughs> like that you'd want a book. I would have... I would, I'm, I'm a, a massive fan of yours. I would, I'd, I'd, of course, love to have... I've got a PDF of your book. you got a PDF, yeah. Which uh, is lovely to have. And do I'm you gonna... understand the NFT thing? Is it NFT? I know what you mean, the National Film Theatre. The, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the thing where the people you have do... a picture and it's in a thing and you spend $5 million on it and it doesn't exist, that thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really understand why anyone buys it, but... But would you like that PDF for $5 million? I would like, I'd like it. <laughs> if that was the only PDF and it was worth £5 million, I would be very happy to have it. But you know what? In a way... No, it's not worth five million pounds. I was going to say it's not. We're not worth five million pounds. Um, I'm going to ask you this. There's a question that I wanted to ask you. I was trying some observation comedy on the train on, on the way up. <laughs> Would this one work, Richard? Oh, I'm genuinely. God, fuck it. I saw Richard live. I'm, I'm going to say ten years. But it's probably freaking fifteen or whatever. And you were on on Oxford Street. Yeah. Um, the famous rock place. I can't. The think. Hundred Club was that there? Something like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. And. You had a mixed sort of audience, and you were saying, does any... <laughs> <laughs> does anyone remember the Mars bar? Yeah. <laughs> well, you're lucky to see that. That's a very... I didn't do that one very much. But the fucking thing is, is after all... Because you didn't have fucking rabbit hole. <laughs> and after a while, there was people saying, they still sell it! <laughs> they still sell it! Don't be stupid. Do not remember it? Fuck you. So I'm asking you in terms of like as like a top observation comic. Yeah, I'm very good at that observation. I, I thought 
have you ever noticed? <laughs> yeah. You go into a supermarket, right? And you bend down to pick up a basket and there's a receipt in it. You don't want it, do you? It's tarnished. <laughs> Is that observation comedy? See, there you go. Yeah, you're giving it. Okay, this is my would-you-rather question. It's not the one I wanted to ask you, but it's, it's another one. Would you rather have to live the rest of your life with emu from Rod Hull and Emu grafted onto your arm and you have to keep him moving and reacting at all times, even when you're on your own? He right. can sleep when you... If you're asleep, you can sleep, but he's got to... Or have to have a full bath every day and once it's over, have to drink all the bath water before you're allowed to do anything else. Well, when you were explaining the emu one, I was yeah. thinking, no. Never. I have to manipulate him constantly. He's just got to be alive. And he's on your arm. So you've lost an arm. <laughs> it's a good one, Richard. It is good. If think... the, the bath's got bath water in it. Yeah, and, it's, and I, someone else did say it would kill you to drink that amount of bath water. I'm going to have to take the freaking yeah, emu, aren't I? going to have to take the emu. What a life. <laughs> Oh, well. <laughs> this is what I wanted to ask you. Would you rather have the ability to produce honey from a special honey stomach? It's a new thing in this honey stomach. And you'd, I'll tell you the conditions later. Or be able to make a pearl in your kidney every ten years. You would sick the honey up through your mouth, producing one kilogram of honey per day that you could eat or sell to unsuspecting members of the public. Right. Each pearl would be worth 8,000 US dollars. <laughs> <laughs> you'd have to pass it with your urine via your urethra. Ooh, well, I think that's easy, isn't it? Yeah. I'm a honey man. Yeah. 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 I don't see the downside of the honey. I think you'd make more money from the honey as well. Eventually, yeah. Yeah, because I think it's a kilo a, kilo a day. A kilo There'd be honey day. outlets all over with... Yeah. Um, so it comes out of your mouth. Yeah, well, it's, you just sick it up. I mean, I, I imagine, like, bee, bees do. I haven't really looked into it. So I, I imagine bees have a honey-making stomach of some kind of... Then we buy that and we eat that. I was probably talk, in it. Talking of honey, and my family <laughs> suffers from hay fever, and I heard on the radio that if you have the local honey, it stops the hay fever. Okay, yeah. It turns out it's quite true. I've, I've, I've it, does actually, it does actually work, yeah. Okay. I once, um, someone when I was at school put custard, put a mashed potato scoop under the custard of my apple pie and custard. And I. Oh, ate right, it, okay. and I instantly spewed. I've never, you know, there was no like, oh, oh. I remember. Just that, that surprise, the surprise of the, of the, the texture. Than... So, is there anyone you want to make instantly spew? Because wow. there's, uh, there's the technique. Well, you could make it spew again that I made that. The, do you like the honey? Nice honey. I made that in my honey. And then you could <laughs> sick up a bit. Show them how you sick it up. <laughs> so I made it. That would probably mm. make them sick, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, no, but probably, you, they'd probably stab you. <laughs> <laughs> they might well do. Um, You've got scribblings on your book, like mad professor sort of approach I know, to well, life. My, my, my writing's very poor, so, you know, that's, I've, got, I've actually printed some, because I've made some notes on the computer, I've printed that up. Um, fight with Hurricane Higgins, that's a very good story. When I, I'm not going to ask you to tell it, they'll have to buy the book. He had a fight with Hurricane I can, When I see that list, I can imagine you furiously um, waddling round uh, the supermarket and all you come out with is a huge box of washing powder <laughs> and a can of lilt. And you go back to your wife and say, I've got everything that was on this fucking list. 
do you... Uh, the thing that struck me in the fishing thing, and the book's called Underway, which is obviously from the fishing show, is yeah. wh- which, wh- when you let the fish back into the water. Yeah. And let them live. Let them live, yeah. Is that why you... Is that... Is that and is that because you feel that that happened to you? Is it, were you let back into the water? I suppose and... that's kind of my conceit, yeah. 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 I was out of the water struggling. Yeah. And then some kind man, namely the surgeon, said, off you go yeah. again. It's nice because you don't say that, but you, you realise that as you're reading. It's something like that, It yeah. is, yeah. It's nice. I was going to call it um, Cracker Barrel. A life... <laughs> <laughs> a life in a clown car. <laughs> <laughs> But underway, yeah. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice that you let the, you know, some of the fish survive. Yeah. No, we let them all survive. It's it's a weird one, fishing. It's a tricky one. Yeah. We do it um, super safe, best we can, barbless hooks and everything. Right. But still, I mean, the majority of our hooks, as soon as you take the pressure off, if you use a barbless one, it just slips out. So this is why Paul's always saying don't wind and keep your rod up and everything because it'll just go. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one. The, 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 the fishermen, the one thing I've learned, Richard, is that the, the, they really look after the river. No one gives a shit. Honestly, 17 million tonnes of raw sewage in the Thames every year. No yeah. one gives a shit. It's ironic, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that really is ironic, isn't it? <laughs> Fuck if you're struggling to say what irony is. There you go. That's ironic. Fuck yeah. So that's my little justification, yeah. you know. No, but it's, it is. It's so you know. I mean, it's it's a it's a wise show. It's sort of nice to see two funny guys still being funny, but being a bit philosophical and. And, you feel, and the books are philosophical as well. And you've been through some... I mean, you lost your dad very young, which is, you know... It, it's, it's that weird thing. It's the thing from the reverse, isn't it? That I was worried about leaving my, my kids without them knowing who I was. Yeah. And then it's obviously, it's obviously horrible the other way around. It's a terrible thing the other way around. And for, for you not to know your dad and... Uh, the horrible thing is, well, this wouldn't... This, is, this will sound like it's just what... I'm just saying it, but... Like, you can't, you won't have been able to select what memories your kids will have of you either, you no. know. They're very selective. So, I lost my dad when I was young, but um, one of the, I have so few memories of him, but one of the memories is that our toilet was down, downstairs. <laughs> our toilet was at the bottom of the stairs. And one day, I went down the stairs just as <laughs> my, my <laughs> I'm going to leave it there. I 100% know if I died now that all my kids would say about me is I did really stinky farts. I absolutely know that's all that they yeah. would say about me. That's all yeah. they remember about me now. That's and taking your kids on holiday when they're young as well. Yeah. They have no memory of it. No. Mine are older now. Crit- that's what the main thing they criticise me for is, is why did you take us to Mallorca when we were two? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck was that about? <laughs> But it's, it's weird. My, my daughter was playing with her iPad. You know, they start with these iPads. They take loads of photos and they film themselves all the time, right? As soon yeah, as they yeah. understand they can film themselves, they start filming themselves. And my daughter went back on the iPad and found the photos and the bits of films and stuff she'd done. And it just makes you think, why didn't we 
film every single second. Because suddenly seeing a six-year-old looking at a two-year-old, a three-year-old, and they get so much joy out of watching themselves, but so do you. And you go, oh, there's a three-second clip. And you go, oh, wow, I want to see, you know. And you can say, look at me, happy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's... There's a bit where my daughter, who's so... She loves her mum, but she all... She all she, I think she likes me, but she makes out she doesn't like me. Right. And there's just a bit where there's like a two or three, or and I've forgotten it. She goes, I love you, Daddy. And it right. just made me go, oh, you did. Yeah. See, I see you love me at one point. I think <laughs> but, uh, that's right. I think that's true, you know. Um, I, I think the one who pretends not to like you is the one who likes you, innit? I think so. I think so. She does a good impression sometimes yeah. of... Not, <laughs> But she also, she'll say something horrific and then she goes, I was joking, I was, jo- I, was trying, I was trying to do a joke. So she's trying to get to grips with the way comedy works and, yeah. you know, and, and understands that it's the wrong thing to say. Is to yeah. say I hate you. Do you have aspirations for her? Would you like her to be able to coil? Because <laughs> <laughs> you've got to start working young on that sort of shit. <laughs> well, I'm hoping my son will learn to retract his penis. <laughs> retract <laughs> and coil? Yeah. Fuck. They can both do what a double act that would be. I don't know. I just, I'd like that, you know, you don't... I, I kind of like them being funny. They both are funny, but, I, you know, I don't know whether I'd wish the life on them. But, yeah. but as long as they're funny and happy, it's, you know... It's, it's how, I want them to have a good sense of humour, and that's... And my wife gets cross with me when, I'm, when I do a joke that they fail to understand. Or if, right. I, if I'm too, too mean and they, and they take it seriously, which yeah. happens sometimes. And then my wife will get cross with me. But I want them to know that when you love each other, you can josh around with each other and, and be... Yeah. You know, and that's a good... It's very difficult to be a parent and not try to be a mate, isn't it? Yeah. It's uh, so tricky. It I is. think our, my, our generation was the first to fail at it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's true. I like those... Because tr- I'm old, you can say it and people don't think you're a wanker. <laughs> you, 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 no, it's weird. You can get away with saying shit like, you know, you can only be as happy as your happiest child and people don't criticise you for it. <laughs> <laughs> but it also feels... Like it feels for both of you guys, you've kind of lived this life where you've been silly, childish adults... And it and it does sort of weirdly feel you get to, into your sixties and that confers us that kind of Shakespeare fool wisdom on you though as well. No, yeah, it's weird because it it's is. not true. <laughs> no, because it, it isn't true, is it? I think that the youngsters these are they the wisest youngsters we ever had. Yeah, well, yeah, it's true though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we've got to listen to them, man. And I would never have. I don't think my parents would have said that. No, well, unfortunately, yeah, I think it's. I'm not sure the world is listening. In as much as it should do. But yeah, but it's the, the, there's a, I think there's a lot of people said there's real hope in the, um, the youngsters. I think that sort of like you'll follow your parent thing has been broken a little bit. Yeah. I think that's what's liberated them to an extent. Yeah. Sorry, I'll do a joke. Do another joke. <laughs> See, it wasn't worth saying. <laughs> do you want a joke, Richard? I love jokes, yeah. I like you being serious as well, though. So that's, you know, I'm, I'm happy with it all. I went to the doctor the other day, and he said, you've got hypochondria. I said, oh, God, not that as well. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, another lull. <laughs> <laughs> It's good. I wish all my guests would come with a little joke book. It would make things make life a lot. 
a lot easier. Um, and uh, well, oh, I was going to ask you: is the, is the film about Michael? We talked about Michael Jackson, but you were do, are you doing a? It's the film about yeah, the we're filming of, it in March. Yeah, so it's about about some collectors collectors looking for Michael Jackson's training glove. Yeah, he, um, he had a training glove. Okay, and a few people knew of it, but it was what gave him his, you know, his special powers. <laughs> yeah, to entrance um, the globe, and a, and a collector's got it, and we're hoping to have a big star in it. Okay, yeah. I'm available. Maybe Orion. <laughs> you know, a big. So we're hopeful. Yeah, that'll be very exciting. Get Brad Pitt in it. That'll be good. Yeah, good, it's a good start. You um, look a bit like Brad Pitt. I know. It's, uh, I, it's what do people say? You well, a taxi driver once thought I was Brad Pitt. Right. Uh, and like I was going to the Riverside in Hammersmith for some reason <laughs> in the back of his cab. And he was going, yeah, you Brad Pitt. And I was going, no, I don't, I'm not. No. I hadn't noticed before. Yeah. Fuck you, do. Well, he's trying to look like me, I think. I think he's oh, like, seen me, and he's. Because right. he used to be have a different look, and then he's sort of gone. trying to gone down my route. Because, yeah. you know, he's, I think he's single again, and he's got to try and get the. <laughs> try and get the ladies, so he's. Yeah, why not? I'm a good looking guy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, well, look, Atletico Mints as well, which I've not really been into. I, haven't, I mean, I haven't listened to. And I listened to one, and it's fucking impenetrable, but it's amazing. <laughs> you can't just jump it. You can't just leap into that one, can you? I th- maybe not. I don't know. No, it's brilliant. But I would, yeah. it's, it's really amazing, because it's absolutely you doing exactly what you want to do. I do like it, because, yeah, yeah it's just of the moment. And yeah. That, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's like what you... Yeah, there's... Um, it's just so liberating to just do it. Yeah. And then, you know, some, some people listen. Not many did at first. But, <laughs> right. um, yeah, people listen. It's not football It anymore. sort of it has a sort of base in football, right? So it started yeah. as a football thing. And then yeah. so some of the characters are footballers. Yeah, but now it's... Um, football people. It's about uh, um, Neil Hunt, the nonsense potter. <laughs> and... Uh, all sorts of shit, yeah. I yeah. wouldn't recommend it personally. <laughs> I, but it's a journey, yeah. It's, but again, I think it's amazing to think even someone like you can find that freedom within, within that format to go, oh, I can just want to do this. And yeah. it, feels, it feels like you write it, but write it fairly quickly. Would that be... That is exactly right, a, yeah. yeah. So it's just little, other, yeah, little phrases and stuff. And I like, I mean, I, I don't, I, I do a thing, have you ever seen me, I'm... Do with something called train guy. Yeah, I was going to just about to say. Yeah, yeah well, with train guy, you know, I just do that because I'm getting the train back to <laughs> Hastings, and it, and suddenly it's that fun and it's the something to do. Yeah. Um, I can't think of a yeah yeah. <laughs> He's a pretty hackneyed character, really, and he, we've seen it a million times. Oh, no, together. I don't think it. I think, but again, it's that internet thing where if you weren't a, a successful personality already, it's the kind of thing that I think would break through because it's. It's a recognisable character, but I don't think anyone's done it the same. And it is, and it and it works in that yeah. short burst. Here's a funny thing. Let's move on to the next one. Thirty-eight seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you need to go to the uh, thought roundabout and get off at Success Junction. Couldn't didn't say that right, did I? That was just Cliff Richards. <laughs> get off at Success Junction. Have a campuccino on me and all that business. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, you've got this, it's, it's, it's a nice life, I think, and you were saying, I can't believe this is true, and I don't believe it is true, that you don't get recognised very much in the, 
in the street and people aren't shouting stuff at you all the time. But um, you've again, I think you found this nice balance where you're a regular person and, and fame doesn't seem to have gone to your head at all. In fact, if anything, reading the book, being being a comedian, becoming a successful comedian has sort of improved your life and that you were very shy. Yeah, no, like that was the greatest shy. gift it gave me. Yeah. yeah. Because it's a, it's like no big deal, my shyness, but it's very frustrating, you know, like looking at people, since, you know, like going to university and not making any contact. So everyone's, you know, like seems to be having a great time. Everyone's, you know, like, and you just can't penetrate just because you daren't say hello to a, a stranger, yeah. you know, and then um, started doing the big night out and strangers came up to me and... F- in an instant, yeah, all the fear's gone and I didn't have to do that. It's like performing on the stage, you know, there's quite a lot of shy performers, isn't there, Richard? Mm-hmm. They were really, really shy. There are, yeah. And, and it's like, on stage, isn't, you never have to talk to a stranger. You're talking at them. Yeah. But you never have to say, oh, hello, mate, oh, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's a wonderful for release for a lot of a lot. Of yeah, I mean, I really you know? get it. I was shy. I don't think, I mean, I, I talked to Rod Gilbert over one, and one of the... Um, one of the online ones we did, and he was like incredibly shy. I mean, I think you and he were as shy as each other. And I, you know, I could I consider myself still fairly shy in that sense. And it is a weird thing where you can the freedom that, that, that somehow this is a different yeah. thing. Yeah. But yeah, but it seems like, and for a lot of people and a lot of comedians, success seems to have either made them, you know, look at everyone else and be bitter about, you know, even if they're successful, they're looking at the next person up or it makes them very arrogant or it makes them aloof or they get depressed about trying to make people laugh all the time and try to find, you know, trying something serious to do. But you just seem to love the job, right? Well, I mean, I like, I I mentioned in the book that a couple of times a year I have um, a meal with Matt Berry and Rhys Shearsmith. Yeah. And we we call it our gossip club. (laughs) And we just we just talk about other comedians and decide which one is currently at the top of the lucky table <laughs> and so on. But I think what's really going on there is a way of us checking ourselves, yeah, and saying let's not. We must all never get onto that into that area, you know. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying I've succeeded, but it's you know. You've seen it, Richard. It's hard to name names. Name them if you want. I, I will not. I won't name, but also you don't know. You don't, yeah, I think, again, as you get older, you don't know what people have gone through. You don't know what, yeah. what else is going on in their life. And so, you know, it's Stuart Lee. It's, it's, uh, it's <laughs> yeah, no, I, don't, you know, I think it's, I think, but the whole book, you're, as a kid, you were a decent kid and you were like, you were a mum's boy in the, in the nicest possible way in that I think you recognised your mum had been through this terrible I mean, this year where, where your dad died and you burned down the house it happened within months of each other. Yeah. So that's a lot to cope with. Yeah. But that you're a decent person. And even all the stories of childhood are you seeing other kids being beaten up and feeling empathy for them. And I think that's... And that's why, that's why you... I didn't argue. help, though. No, that's, that's okay. You were shy. You were too shy to go up to police and say, hey, stop Too shy that. to scrap. <laughs> but you're a decent, decent, you know, you're a decent person. And I think that's what really comes across from the book. Look, the book's uh, fantastic. Uh, and not that, you know, and I'm, and I'm imagining the audio book is very good as well. You, I, um, you must have done the audio book. I gave it a go. Richard. Yeah. Yeah. It's like acting, though, isn't it? It's, it's tricky. It is tricky. But as, you know, you talk about your acting in, in the book and... I've always, you know, it's it, when you work alongside real actors as a comedian, yeah. it always feels a bit like, oh my god, 
but actually, it's only it's only another form of confidence. It's just. It's, and you are good at acting. <laughs> you've done loads of acting and you've been but in loads of stuff. So. The, um, the, I did uh, a show called Randall and Hopkirk Deceased. Uh, t- tell the story in the book, but um, Amelia Fox was next to the camera because someone stands for your eye line. And I had to act. So I said, but Amelia, I love you so much. <laughs> and Amelia just laughed in my face next to the camera. <laughs> So they got rid of Amelia, and Charlie Higson, who was uh, directing it, stood for my eyeliner. I said, but um, Amelia, I love you so much, like, (laughs) (laughs) of whatever. Charlie burst out laughing. Then Vic tried it, and we ended up... It's a true story, that one, Richard. We ended up with the woman who was doing the teas and coffees. (laughs) And I said, Amelia, I miss you so much, because I love you, like... (laughs) She burst out fucking laughing. <laughs> you, sometimes you, it's a tricky business. You it just is. have to admit it. It's not it my is, thing. It is. It, well, you know. I'm a not... great dancer. <laughs> but I can't act. It's not your main thing. but you No, it's do not it. my it's main, main interest. <laughs> but it's not. But it's because you're so funny. But you do make everything funny. So if you're saying something serious, you know. It's, it's well, always maybe. a little bit of Bob Mortimer under there. And it's uh, a wonderful thing. So look, buy the audiobook. It would be my uh, it would be my advice, uh, even though I haven't heard it because I know it's going to be good. But definitely buy the book. It's called It's Away and Away, and it's Away, yeah, it's Away, it's a living. Uh, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, will you please give a huge round of applause to still my favourite guest, Bob Mortimer, ladies and gentlemen, Bob Mortimer, still alive. Thank you very much. We'll be back next week. See you next week. You have been listening to Rahalastapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Bob Mortimer. Thank you to Scant Regard for playing this music right now. I am indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. Also, thank you very much to Chris Evans, not that one, and all the team from Go Fast to Strike. Uh, and also thank you everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre what a fantastic joy it is to be back in this fantastic venue and I'm not just saying that because they're all looking at me right now uh, this is a Sky for Day Tofuzz and GoFasterStripe.com production go to GoFasterStripe.com slash badges to become a monthly badger you get discounts you get badges you get a secret code you get access to backstage interviews you get so much stuff and it's only £3 a month and all of it goes to making more podcasts it's insane thank you very much goodbye Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks again for listening to the podcast, richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. Gofasterstripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out.